What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out, there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. Welcome back to the Do Your Crap Podcast. This is your host, Micah Folsom, and we have an awesome guest with us today. We're going to be talking with Amanda Walker, who is a certified master coach who inspires coaches to become better coaches. That is so many of you guys. So I'm so pumped about this. Amanda is passionate about helping coaches and online service-based business owners get their clients massive results in order to grow a profitable coaching practice. She is the host of the best damn coach podcast and runs the premier coaching program for coaches. Best damn coach. We're going to be digging into some awesome things today. You guys really helping you elevate your coaching experience and really helping you get your clients the results that you're after. So let's turn it over to this conversation. All right, Amanda, I am so pumped to have you on the show. So first and foremost, welcome. Thank you. Of course, this is going to be so, so, so good. We were chatting a little bit before and we share a common passion in really helping coaches be better coaches and really helping people give their clients the results that they're after, elevate that experience for them, and feel empowered and equipped coaching human beings. I think, and what we were chatting about, a lot of times coaches kind of end up in the field or end up doing what they're doing with kind of some like, am I really cut out for this? Do I really know how to help people overcome these blocks, overcome these these habits overcome all of this stuff. And then it's like, where do I go from there? How do I continue to elevate the experience? So before we dig into all the good stuff, and it is going to be good, you guys tell us who you are, how, tell us your story. What's your, like, how did you get here? How did you get passionate about all of this stuff? Just who are you? Awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm definitely aligned with everything you just said. I'm honored to be here to support you and your people. Um, so my name's Amanda Walker. I am in Phoenix, Arizona. Born and raised. I'm a native here. And um, I think that my journey kind of starts way back in the beginning. Like so many, we don't really know. We don't know until we're here, like Monday morning quarterback, like, oh my gosh, all this stuff, this path has been laid out for me so clearly. And so yeah. My first job as a coach was when I was 15. So I got hired at a local YMCA to coach peewee basketball. Nice. So it's like four and five-year-old boys mostly. And um, I mean, it was more like hurting, you know, cats. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. But the reason that was so transformative to me is it gave me the first taste of what it's like to be able to pour into another human being yeah. and watch them have 
transformation, I'll air quote it, but even if it was the technique of being able to actually properly shoot, right, or how to dribble or to cheer on a teammate, like all those things. And so that was kind of a trajectory. I got hired shortly after by the WNBA in their inaugural season as one of the core coaches in Phoenix, Arizona, that um, they had a program basically for leadership program for girls that wanted to coach and they they allowed us the opportunity to learn from like all these amazing people inside the NBA WNBA and we got to coach at risk youth and so that was just like domino after domino I became became a teacher first so I was a high school teacher I also coached you know my fellow colleagues I was a teacher educator as well and at that point I started having babies and you know everything changes when you have those babies and um my husband was on the SWAT team it just didn't make sense for me to be working in a traditional place. I love teaching and I love transformation and coaching, but I needed to take a step back because I chose to take a step back to be with the babes. And it was at that point that entrepreneurship kind of like fell into my life and it started in the health and fitness industry, which I know is both a passion for us. And so I started coaching people in that space pretty, um, like that was the meat of my business. But fast forward to why I'm here now is it's through all of this that I realized that there's a gap inside of the coaching industry. And I decided I could either be a part part of the like complain, complain, or I could be a part of the solution. And so now my mission, 100% of my energy, my efforts is really helping coaches and even people that I think sometimes the word coach, like, eh, we don't self-identify with it. You can call yourself a consultant or a guide, a mentor, a teacher, right? If you're affecting humans, my goal is to help you be better at it. And so that's kind of where we land is I help coaches with the mastery and the voice of coaching um, and also the skill of growing specifically a coaching practice. I love it so much. Okay. I want to dig in. You have I, I, that's awesome. I didn't even realize you had like, it started young. Like that's, that's so cool. And it was all kind of like molding and stepping you into this. That's awesome. I want to dig into like, where do we even begin? Like when you're like, okay, I want to help coaches be better coaches. What does that look like? What are some of the foundational things that we need to be really mindful of? Yeah. I mean, this is not sexy. And I think the struggle is if you log on to Instagram or Facebook and you're a coach and you've been tagged by some sort of Facebook or Instagram ad, the majority of those ads, as you will notice, uh, rely heavily on strategy. So you will have Mm, people claim high ticket offer, low ticket offer. That's the way you'll have people claim like build it with ads, blah, blah, blah. All that crap does not matter because what is underneath it and impacts everything you do in your business and your life is self-belief. And for me, this is the single greatest place where I see coaches lacking and they don't have the tools necessarily, or they're not really taking the time to self-coach and self-reflect on what's stopping them. And so, you know, they show up to a coaching session and they're so in their head about, am I doing this right? Am I saying the right thing? And they've made the entire coaching session about themselves and it's not even about the client. And so they're missing out on the opportunity to actually facilitate, you know, deep results. Yeah. I love that. I think, I mean, belief is the foundation of almost anything in business, like no matter what industry you're in, if you don't have belief in yourself first and in what you're giving someone, it's going to be really, really hard to portray a transformation or like help them walk through what's going to be necessary for them to get the results that they're desiring. So I love that, that you started there. I totally believe that that is the core. So what would you say to someone who might be like, okay, well, that's great. But what if I don't have the belief in myself that I can coach someone that I can help them have a transformation? Yeah. I mean, kudos. Cause that's step one, <laughs> recognizing you ain't got it. <laughs> um, but step two is, you know, I believe deeply that 
we can only take our clients as far as we take ourselves, right? And the more mm, I love that. breakthroughs we have are directly correlated to success, right? However you define it, whether it's monetary, whether it's impact, whether it's freedom, like whatever, whatever you are. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Where I see a lot of incongruency is that we want to coach other people, but we're not coaching ourselves, right? And that's going to literally block you, right? Um, And so I think the place you start is daily, a daily practice to coach yourself, to become self-aware of what's happening inside both the conscious mind and unconscious mind. I'm a massive geek geek on NLP and unconscious rewiring. um, And so I think that's just like a very simple place is, I mean, I'll give a practical example of this is every day, just do one journal session, just one brain dump. If you've never journaled before, don't, you know, that's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect, but just open up a piece of paper in your notebook and just write down all the thoughts that you have about your abilities as a coach. And I just want you to see what they are because I'll give this kind of, I guess, big picture vision is we have, if you thought of information in parts, right? We're getting like 50,000 pieces of information thrown at us. So imagine those little pieces are like toothpicks. So I'm throwing toothpicks at you all day long, right? I open up my Instagram. I'm talking to my kids. I'm like, what all this stuff, but we're only able to handle a box, which only holds like, I think three to 500. So that's like what toothpicks fit in your hand. Right. And so if we think about what this is, as far as our beliefs, we're only cognizant of a very few And those that we're cognizant of are going to be the ones you write on that paper. And that's going to be really illuminating as to what is most frequently coming up from your unconscious. And then like you can do work on that. Yeah. I love that you are talking about this because that inner work, the stuff that most people are not even aware of is going on is life-changing, like life-changing. So I love this. You're like, okay, just like become aware of what's actually going on. Become aware of those thoughts, those, those doubts, those fears, those hesitations, those reservations, all of the things, the things that you want, like become aware of those things. And then if you start to 
to realize like, okay, there's a common theme here. I'm struggling with this area. Like you can go deeper in that area and you can learn how to rewire and you can learn how to break those beliefs. Have you personally dealt with any kind of, I mean, there's so many limiting beliefs. Have you dealt with anything personally that you've had to like really be intentional about breaking through in order to get to where you are? I mean, yeah, every day. (laughs) I mean, if I, I mean, that's a part of it is we can like, you know, we've all listened to those podcasts that you listen and you're like, those aren't real people. They like, (laughs) right. There's no, that this is like that art for me. I, I feel like entrepreneurship was the journey of personal development. I didn't know I needed it. I didn't know. (laughs) I, I would be honest and say that I hadn't pushed up against things that had really challenged me like grad school, college, those things were just kind of, you could like just check the boxes there, Mm. but man, there's nothing like entrepreneurship that like bubbles up all your insecurities and you're faced with them head on. And so you can quit and play, or you can just be like, all right, you know, I was placed here for a purpose and, and head them on. So I think like many in the beginning, what they sounded like, uh, were more like, you know, I, I I don't know enough. I, I definitely remember my husband, I was contemplating going back for my PhD, like a year into business and thank goodness he talked to me off the ledge (laughs) because really it was just a, uh, like, I thought if I change the external circumstance of my degree, Mm. then I will be more prepared and more confident. And that was, not true. The way we get confident is by taking action. Yeah. And so, um, you know, so it was a lot of imposter thoughts and, and then it merged into like visibility things. Like who am I to be on that podcast? Who am I to be, you know, speaking in front of, you know, on that stage. Right. And so I think it's just always, you know, next level, new devil, they, you get more welcoming of them because you have solutions to attack them. Yeah. I love that so much. I am with you hundred percent. Like I feel like entrepreneurship and personal growth, if you want to be successful in business, you better be willing to grow. You better be willing to push through fears and all of these blocks. And it's like, I think a lot of people, they come up against them and then they kind of back off, but these things aren't just in your way in business. These things are in your way in life. And that's why it's so transformational because as you learn to elevate your thoughts, as you learn to push through fears, as, as you learn to rewire your, your everything that's going on, you see the world differently. You do life differently. And you are literally a different human being. Like it's the coolest thing ever. So if you're on the other side of this listening, being like, oh gosh, that's me. Like I'm standing up against these blocks right now, but I really would have rather run away from them you're normal. Welcome to being human. That's how we all feel. But I can promise you that learning how to work through those things is going to elevate your life in a way that right now you can't even fathom. Like you don't even know how it's going to impact you, but I can promise you that I do not mother the same way I do today as I would have nine years ago before I dove into the personal growth side of things. Yeah. I was a different human. It's like, I'm so grateful. I'm more grateful for that than anything else. Like as a business owner, like all of the work that I've been able to do over the years, just the way that it's helped me feel so much more empowered and equipped to mother my five children. I'm like, I don't know how people do it without this. I I really don't. I tell we, I always remind my people or just 
you know, question is like, sometimes my feeling is this work is not for me. It was just to elevate their consciousness as humans. And if I yeah. get to do that, then I have served my purpose. Right. I am so with you. Okay. I love it so much. Okay. I want to dig into what would you say to someone who is like, okay, so they identify as a coach. They're like, I help human beings in whatever capacity, whatever industry you're in. How would you help them really help them give their clients the experience that they're seeking? I think there's a lot of fear or pressure that coaches put on themselves. They like carry the weight of their results of the clients. And then that almost like backfires because then they're afraid to help people because they don't want, like, what if they fail? What if their clients don't get the results they want? And then they put that pressure on themselves. And so they just don't help people the way that they could. So what would you say to someone who's struggling kind of like in that cycle? Yeah. Well, I would say first, the important part is to become aware of that limiting belief. So we call them around here, limiting decisions, because it presupposes they can be changed. And that right away shifts the energy that a belief does not have to hang out. We are taking a TV time out to give you a free goodie today. If you are in network marketing, if you're building a team, if you are mentoring people and need to onboard them to be successful, I am giving you my free team checklist. This is what I use personally to onboard my new coaches to help simplify the process. And it is duplicatable team wide. So if you're feeling overwhelmed with recruiting, if you don't feel confident bringing in your new team members and helping them be successful, this is any organization, any network, you can tweak this and customize it, but it's a really solid framework so that you can have confidence recruiting and building the empire that you want to build. Go to micafolsomfit.com slash team checklist to grab this freebie. Um, but a lot of, you know, I noticed, and I too myself struggled with this, that um, coaches are attached to client, they attach their self-worth and their value in their job with their client results, right? Totally, but yeah. We have to take a step back and really look at it from just a, a higher level view and, and get out of those details a little bit is like, you know, if I said to you, lift your arm up, right? You ultimately choose, do you want to lift your arm up or don't you? Yeah. Right. And so let's move that to coaching. Ultimately, that's what we're doing. We're saying, do you want to do this or don't? And then you just made the choice to lift your arm up. And so we have to understand from a fundamental level that our clients are responsible for their results. We are responsible for the guiding and the pathway and offering our experience and, you know, whatever, whatever we are willing to share to help them. But ultimately they decide how much they're going to dive in. Right. And you see this in all of the people that you guide as well. Yeah. And so I think this is really important to just um, know that the same is true when your freaking client crushes it and you want to be like, I did that. I showed her or him. You also have to take a step back and go, no, no, no. I gave them the tools and yeah. they did that work. And for me, that's like such a, when I, when I can see coaches doing that and taking such a humble place of just like, they did the work. I was here. That is like, to me, that's amazing. Um, so I think that's, that's the element first of just detaching your self-worth, um, from results in general. That's really important because that's going to free you up in so many ways when it comes to coaching others. I love that. And I love that you brought that up both, both spectrums though. They didn't follow through and they did, and they slayed it and they got incredible results. 
you were the guide in both situations and you played the part that you were supposed to play in both situations. Mm -hmm. So it's like taking the high, high highs away and taking the low, low lows away, I think are part of the process as well. And it's like, I love that you, you say guide a lot because I've always, I've always thought of that as well. Like, okay, I, it's my job as a coach to equip, to empower, to believe in them, to support them, but it's not my job to do the work. Like it is not my job to do the work, to follow through, to, to dig into the mindset stuff, to break the beliefs. Like it is like, they've got some hard work to do if they want to transform their health, their life, their business, all of the things. And I don't take ownership of the good or the bad. I am like, and I love that you brought that up because as soon as I realized that, oh my gosh, I actually, it wasn't me who helped like transform their life. It was completely them. And it also wasn't me who didn't lead them to success. That was also them. Like, I was like, okay, I can talk to anyone. Then I can work with anyone because I know what my job is and I know what I'm here to do. And I can do that with so many people when I don't carry the weight of dragging and pulling and, you know, like that is exhausting. And I did that at the beginning. I held so much weight on my shoulders for the, for the results that someone got or did not get. And so I love that you brought that up because as soon as I released that, it was like, okay, I can talk to more people. I can help more people because I know the process now and whether they do it or not is not up to me, but that's not my problem either. Yep. Totally agree. What would you say? All right. Going from there. If, if you're like, if we're talking to coaches who are like, okay, well, I'm really confident getting people plugged in, but I'm really struggling with the follow-through. Like, is there a gap that I'm missing? Is there something that I'm not doing as a coach? I want them to get what they want out of this. Do you ever, do you find that there's some fundamental things that help coaches help people in a better way? Yeah. So when you say follow through, you mean on the, the people, like, you know, the people they're coaching aren't following. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, well, and I think that there, a couple of things comes up because this is to me where actually coaching begins. It's the easy part is getting people plugged in. As you yeah. said it, the easy part is getting them to say yes. And if I, if I was coaching right now and I would, I would show you the full, um, the full, a graph that I want to show you, but I'm going to just try to like walk you guys through it. When somebody says yes to you immediately for some sort of coaching or to join a program or a community or whatever, there's a lot of positive emotions. There's a lot of feeling of hope. There's a lot of feeling of excitement, right? And so then when they come into your program or your experience, there's actually a little bit of a delay, which we could just call the buyer's remorse period, which is actually really critical that we capture people during that. So you asked a great question about the entire coaching experience, which I believe happens from the yes. And so a lot of people overlook because they're like, okay, now I'm going to coach him, but you actually miss some really critical things. If you don't pay close attention, the moment they say, yes, you are establishing right now, whether or not those clients are going to be lifelong fans of your work or not by the feelings that you provide them. And then that's a whole nother conversation, but this is something I teach inside my coaching program. Cause I want people to recognize the importance of that, those moments leading yeah. up to like the actual first coaching session. Right. So then what happens though, is once you start coaching with them, 
if um, there's overwhelm, like if you just give them a whole bunch of material and you're like, go watch this material or here's some videos um, or now they see that and they start to feel a little hopeless because they feel like, oh, but I was so excited at the beginning um, or they start to feel shame because they're not necessarily keeping up at the cadence that they were told or that they they thought. And so what happens is we actually begin to see this downward, if you were to imagine a bell curve, essentially the build up to the peak is just after they say yes. After that, it can be, doesn't have to be, um, it can be the decline of the bell curve. And often they'll just basically like peace out. These are people that ghost like your program they've invested in, don't show up to calls, et cetera, et cetera. And that's not often because you've done something specific. It's because they don't necessarily have the coaching tools to start coaching themselves around those feelings. And so yeah. they might be like, it's your fault. This program stinks. <laughs> I haven't da, 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 when it's really just, they're sitting in a lot of shame and they feel hopeless because it's just like, here I go. I invested in this again. And I share that because I want your people to know that this is common and that this is normal and that there's a solution. You are the solution to preventing that downward curve from happening and make it more of a, you know, a linear, you know, a linear uh, graph. Yeah. And you do that by how you support them and nurture them through those starting feelings. I love that so much. And it's, I've seen so many of these different things through phases of my business. And I'm like, Oh, yep. I remember that phase. Oh, yep. That's, I definitely learned from this. Like, yes. So how would you like, what would you say is the most important when it comes to nurturing those early phases? Cause I think a lot, especially when you're working with more than a handful of clients every month and you're like, okay, there's only so much of me. There's only so much time I have. Like you, you, you have systems in place, but then everybody is going to go through them differently. They're going to go through them on their time. They're going to come at them from the headspace that they're currently at. So it's like, how do you meet individuals where they're at and nurture them and support them and create a system and a game plan that allows you to coach and to support more than one or two people a month? Right. So it's like, where is that sweet spot? How, like, have you found anything that is really kind of like, well, be mindful of these things and this, this, and this, or whatever. Yeah, sure. Well, and I think it's two different things depending upon, you know, for me, I do, I still do, you know, I keep some spots open for one-to-one -one coaching and that looks different than best hand coach our program, right. because we have, you know, a, a higher volume of people inside there. But the underlying thing that I do inside of both is the moment that they do say yes, they are supported in some capacity. And so whether that's like, um, you know, I still call every single one of the ladies that join my group program within the first three days of signing up. That's incredible. Right? And that's because I know, A, I like it old school a little bit. And because I, I think we've lost some of the human touch element and everything's so automated. And we're talking about scalability and all those things are great. But that's the part I don't care about scaling. Like everything else can be scaled, but it takes me like a couple minutes a week to call new members um, just so they can hear my voice and know that they're not just a number. Like I actually care about them. I want to learn about them. And those calls take five minutes. And most of the time they're so like, 
oh my gosh, did she, she <laughs> call me that? They're not sure how to even articulate their words or whatever. <laughs> um, so I, I'm just using that as an example because what does that look like for you, right? How could you nurture, nurture your people and make some sort of personal connection from the beginning? Or it could be that that person that's fallen off like, what would it be like if you just called them and you just mm -hmm. said, hey, I haven't seen you in two sessions. I would love to know, how are you? And all of a sudden you open up, they feel seen and heard, which is ultimately why we want to be coached anyways. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I think there's, you know, some differences, you know, some, some very subtle things. It could be you get immediate Voxer support as a one-to-one -one, um, client, right? And um, for Voxer, they get immediate access to you and you can start nurturing that discussion right away so that they can um, be with you and know that if they have questions, you are the go-to resource. I love it. And I think too, it's like that personal touch goes so far. And whether that's a phone call, whether it's a voice message, whether it's a touch point, wherever you're talking with them, like just, I think just setting the expectation early on, like I'm here for you. So like, let me know where you're at with everything. If you have questions, ask, if you're struggling, tell me if you're, that's one thing that I found is my clients over the years, they would feel like they were letting me down. If yeah. they were, if they were not showing up, if they were struggling on their goals, if they were coming up against bad habits that had recycled or whatever. And I'm like, girl, like never, ever, ever. Like, this is not about me. This is about you. How can I support you? How can I help you? But I can't help you if I don't know that you're struggling. So it's like just opening that, that conversation with your clients to, so that they know I'm here for the good, bad, and the ugly. Like, please let me in, please let me help you. And I can't do that if you're not communicating with me. So just having that blatant conversation really early on, I feel like is really important because then they're like, oh, okay. Now I don't have to feel like I have to only talk to her when I'm crushing it or only talk to her when I'm succeeding or whatever. I can actually come to her when I need her, which is so backwards. Cause you're like, oh my gosh, that's what we're here for. But that's what a lot of the clients from their perspective are feeling. And so just yeah, understanding absolutely. that really helped me like, oh, I didn't even know that you were afraid to reach out. I didn't even know that you felt shame or I didn't even know that you were embarrassed. Like why? Like that, they're like, no, but that's, that's an important conversation to have early on too. It's really helpful. And just the psychology and understanding adherence in general um, is important to um, I think dig into there's a difference between motivating being a motivator and being a coach. Yeah. Right. And especially in health and fitness, I'm sure we've seen plenty of examples like this, just ex making somebody excited to do a workout. Yes. We call that a coach, but you know, for me, the definition of coach is, you know, being able to cultivate long-term results. And so it's important to understand too, that results take time to curate and readjusting re our clients' expectations because sometimes why they think they have fallen short is because they've got this linear progression of where they think they should be from the beginning. Yeah. Something I like to call out from day one is I actually map out like the curve of what the journey is going to look like to set some realistic expectations so we understand like I'm not envisioning this and I actually don't want to to either. I love that. And I think too, it's, I had to reframe, like, I think lots of times, and it's, as I learned about like human needs, like 
our need for significance and our need for security and all of the things like, I was like, oh my gosh, I see this a lot in the coaching sphere. Coaches, lots of coaches like to feel needed. They like to feel depended on. They like to feel like I am the important one in this situation. And I was like, I always thought that was interesting because my biggest goal as a coach was for my clients to not need me anymore. Yes. And I was like, I, yes, I like kind of like motherhood. I want my kids to learn and grow and develop so they can soar. Like same with my clients. I want them to get the tools and resources they need, learn the fundamental habits, work on the mindset, have the community to continue to journey, but ultimately they're going to do it with or without me because they are empowered and can do it. And I'm like, so if you ever catch yourself in a, in a position where you're like, I, I think sometimes it kind of looks like, what more can I create? What more can I give them? What more can I do this? So that they're always coming back because they, they need to get more and more and more. And I'm like, but why, like, what's the end goal in this? Because I think it, it can kind of get jaded sometimes. Yeah. No, I agree with you. It's actually like, I, I mean, this is a soapbox moment for me too. I was talking to a prospective client the other day and she kind of rattled off. She'd hired a lot of people in a very short amount of time to guide her. And, and she mentioned like three other people's businesses in that, in that discussion with me and how they were doing. And she's like, and this model is like so good for this person and this model. And I mean, of course I'd love to guide her, but honestly, you know what I said to her? I was like, you need to stop investing in people. Like, here's my opinion really quickly. It's like, I would love to support you, but only after you take some time to figure out what you want. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think this is part of coaching and, and this is, you don't know what you don't know, but I you know my goal, just like, it sounds like yours is I want to, I want to guide my clients back to themselves. Right. Yeah. And what business model works best for them? Because I've been in a situation where I invested 25 K in a, in a program and a coach. And then I got out of it for a year. I was like, this sucks. Like I, this isn't <laughs> even the, like the thing that I am really enjoying. Yeah. And so that's the whole idea, you know, as I'm helping my coaches grow their practice and they ask me the question, well, which, what should I do? I'm like, I can't tell you that I can show you the options. And then I want you to pick from these five things, like which one of these, like a gets you the most excited, right? Cause when we're excited about something, it's going to be easy to keep after it. Just like fitness, right? Is it the dance class? Is it the lifting class? Is it the mm -hmm. whatever, like do that right now while you're excited and then you can build, you know, sustainability off of it. And so I think that this is just a, a problem that I obviously am clearly excited about um, <laughs> totally. you know, the coaching. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love it. I am all about that too. I want, I want to finish with one thing because as I saw it on our little prep form, I'm like, okay, I resonate with this one so much. The, I can't be a great mom and run a business. Did you go through that personally? And what have you found is actually the reality of the situation and kind of what helped you walk through that? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. I went through it. Um, as business started kind of exploding for me, I was really having a hard time navigating those things. And the the reason why is I was really, well, well two things come to me. A, I was really trying to compartmentalize them. Mm. I was like, I can only do this right here and this right here. Yeah. And, and I mean that in a way of, I can't work in my business and like have the kids here on top of me all the time, right? That's just not going to be sustainable. I'm not going to actually get stuff done. But what I found out for me was I wasn't looping and my kids are 13 and uh, almost 11 now. So they're older, but um, 
what I realized is I wasn't really sharing with them all of what I was doing this for. I wasn't giving the big vision. I wasn't telling them why I was passionate. And as they've gotten older now, I've given them opportunities to come inside. And my husband runs a business too. And so they are inside his business. And so I found that that was really impactful for me just to share the vision and tell them some of the wins and some of the exciting things were happening um, so that they could be a part of that collective vision. And obviously that's harder when they're teensy tiny, right? Um, but I think so much of it comes from our conditioning that there is an either or like yeah. our, our brain loves polarity and it's much easier to say it's black or white, it's mom or entrepreneur. And so I, um, I'm definitely, you know, with you in that you can have both. It's an and also, and what it requires from my perspective is boundaries and clarity and asking for what you need as far as support to make both happen. Absolutely. I love it. I love it so much. I love it so much. Okay. Where can our listeners find you? Where can they connect with you on social? I, I shared your podcast, like give us all the goods. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Best Damn Coach podcast is where you can find us. You're going to be a guest there as well. So I'm excited Woo-hoo. to have you. I'm most active on Instagram and my handle there is a walk my way. And I have a freebie that might help your people too. Awesome. It is um, if you are looking for like go-to questions to help really probe in a coaching session or if you're stuck and you're not really sure how to get them to a next point, you can go to amanda-walker.com forward slash questions. And there's a free guide there that um, is super helpful. And it gives context to show examples of where those questions could be plugged into. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amanda. This is such a good combo. I'm so excited for our listeners to get their hands on it. You guys, if this helped you, make sure you share it on social tag us, make sure you share it with teammates, friends, people who are in this field. Um, this is the stuff that just needs to be talked more about. I feel like so many people sit back, sit back from helping as many people as they can because of their own nerves, their own fears, their own headspace. Like if you can step through that and you can truly make it about who it's supposed to be about, which is your client and the people you're coaching, you will be able to impact so many more people. So hopefully this helps you really get into that, that more confident coaching, just self that, that is already within you. Because if you're one step ahead of someone, you literally can show them the way you can put your hand back and you can say, look, this is what I've done. This is what I can help you with. And so you don't have to wait until you're at step 800 in order to feel competent you can literally help someone as you are on your own journey. So keep it simple, just be confident in who you are and what you have to share and go out there and make the impact that is in front of you. All right, Amanda, thanks again for being on and we'll see you over on your show. (laughs) Okay, bye you guys, we'll see you next week. Wrapping up another episode, and I just want to thank you for sticking around. Before you head out, I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me if you left this podcast a quick review wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. 
by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 